This episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast contains discussions around domestic violence. If these conversations are triggering, please contact 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-RESPECT. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded. This land is, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Hello everyone and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club podcast, your go-to platform for all things intersectional feminism, or as I like to call it, my conservative, arrogant, Trump-loving ex, Ben's worst nightmare. Hi Ben. Those of you that are new to the show, I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and those of you that are regulars, firstly, thank you, and secondly, welcome back. As many of you know, this past year, we've seen a great increase in conversations about consent, domestic violence, and abuse in Australia. Thanks to activists like Grace Tame, Brittany Higgins, Chanel Contos, and of course, many more, conversations about violence against women have been at the forefront in Australia this past year. It's incredible that we have so many amazing women headlining these conversations. However, women of colour don't seem to be at the forefront. Why is that? Are women of colour at a greater risk of being scrutinised for speaking out? Or does our internalised racist views influence our actual willingness to even listen? Or could it possibly be both? Merowyn Privia uses her social media platform to openly share her experiences of domestic violence as a woman of colour. Her most recent post looked at how cultural shame and the stigmatisation of family violence can prevent women of colour from speaking out. Her story resonated with a lot of people, and it educated many too, including me. So it was without a question that I have Merowyn on the show And boy, was she just a ray of sunshine. Most lovely and kind-hearted person, honestly. During our chat, we spoke about all the things from elective mastectomies to intergenerational trauma to even our shared hatred for princes. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that. Although during this interview, we deep-dived into a lot of very heavy topics... It was such a joy having Merylwyn on on my show and having her share her stories. This is Merylwyn. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today, my dear. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here and thrilled to see you. I'm thrilled to see you too. I'm just loving (laughs) everything that you're talking about on your platform and I just really appreciate We'll get to the topics in more later about what you've been talking about. I just want to say a big, big thank you for you just using your voice to speak about such serious issues that are just so important right now. Thank you so much. I think 
someone years ago because I've had Instagram for since the beginning of time <laughs> um and some people have always said be your authentic self and one of my girlfriends who has a big digital company the digital picnic oh um, yes she, I know that yes yes yes, yes. shout yes. out to them yes <laughs> shout out to them and shout out to Cherie because she has been incredibly supportive over the years and she's always said be your authentic self be your authentic self and I've really only just started being my authentic self and it's taken years therapy medication to get to the point where I can talk and it's resonating with people so it's been a journey and here I am and I'm excited and honored to be able to talk to people and listen to people's stories yeah yeah like you and I think as well just with the stuff you've been able to talk about it's really educating people and I really think one of the real one of the main things that really gravitated towards me was your post about you talking about how women of color their voices are just not heard enough in the media landscape when it comes to sharing their stories about domestic violence and as someone that is a white woman obviously there is a great amount of privilege in that my voice is more attainable in the media. It's heard more in the media than women of color. And I just really appreciate you talking about that in your post. And if you want to give the listeners a little bit of a rundown of why this issue is so important to you. First of all, I think if people really want to narrow it down to statistics, they can. The statistics show from the Institute of Criminology that women of colour are more likely to be abused, are more likely to be murdered, are more likely to come up against the world as opposed to a white woman. Um, So I think it's really important that we highlight these voices because they're not being heard. Two women of colour have been murdered, actually three, sorry, have been murdered already this year and a child and their voices just aren't being heard and yeah we need to really amplify what's going on in those communities so that those women can reach out and seek services because otherwise they think that they're in an environment where they can't seek help where they're not going to get help from their community and support from their community and they feel isolated and then this happens and it's scary it's really sad yeah what are your thoughts then because we have some incredible domestic violence advocates out there like that have been creating such incredible change like Brittany Higgins Grace Tame um, Chanel Contos like there's so many women but there are limited women of color how does that how did though how does that affect you because obviously like like any other woman in Australia, the majority of women, hopefully, of Australia, we see these women being so brave, talk about these issues, and we feel proud of them. We feel this incredible just sense of just like, yes, thank you, you're speaking up for us. Mm-hmm. How does that happen with you? Like you, because as someone that has dealt with domestic violence yourself, how do you navigate the thoughts of like, yes, it's amazing these people are speaking up, but at the same time, you're like, no one looks like me, though. There's no one that is as well a woman of colour. Like, how do you navigate that? I think when I saw those girls, particularly Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins, speaking up, I thought, well, why can't I? And I've always had this um, 
shame, always had shame, and always thought, I don't want to let my dad down, and I don't want to let the Filipino community down because we don't talk about these things. Um, but at the same time, I know this happens, and I knew that I needed to say something and be a face or a voice, even though I'm half white, that is from that culture that understands the sensitivity and the nuances of being a woman of colour. It's wonderful seeing women speaking out. We don't want to dim anyone's voice at the end of the day, regardless of what colour their skin is. I think to do that is really simplifying such a complex issue. Um, but at the same time, we, re we need to see more women of colour feel confident to speak out because at the moment I think there is a lack of confidence because of cultural upbringing, really, at the end of the day. That's what it boils down to. Your parents, you grow up respecting your parents and not speaking up and respecting your elders, which is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. But the world is a complex world and... Um, at some point you need to speak up for yourself right yeah absolutely. Uh, so on the shoulders of those women hopefully more women of color can come out there's actually been a girl that's been speaking out on instagram who was also assaulted in parliament mm -hmm. i can't remember her handle um and she's i mean good on her and her voice so i only discovered her a couple of days ago and it's incredible to see another woman of colour in such a white institution speak out about what's happening in those holes. Yeah. 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 It's just, it is so hard with that topic. And I do discreetly appreciate you just using your platform to just educate people about that and like how it is something that happens in your family and it to do with culture as well about why it is so hard to speak out and mm. yeah in your post you spoke about your conversation with your father about why there was a sense of shame why why do you why if you're going to explain a bit just for people that haven't seen that post about the conversation you have with your father if you want to go into a bit more detail about okay the reaction um mm -hmm. yeah sorry he I, it was just last weekend, I said, I was asking him about World War II and what happened with the Japanese soldiers in the village. Mm -hmm. And we went through this story about what happened, which was really quite um, horrific, that Japanese soldiers assaulted the women and raped the women and um, got babies in the village and threw them up in the air and caught them on the bayonets of their guns as a show of power. Uh, so my uncle chased the Japanese soldiers into the mountains and I assume they killed them or made them get lost in the mountains so they couldn't come back. Um, and through this period of time, they managed to amass weapons from the Japanese soldiers because they didn't have any weapons um, in the villages. So very poor weapons weren't a thing. So years go by and my dad's growing up and his father my lolo had a bohol which is like a sword that he'd had he'd attained from a japanese soldier that i assume had been killed 
And he used to use that to threaten my Lola and their children, so my grandma and the children, when he got drunk. And one day they were so worried about the way he used to threaten with this sword that they got the sword and threw it down the drop toilet, which is a long toilet dug into the ground. Obviously there's no plumbing or there was no plumbing then. There's still not really much of an infrastructure there now. Um, so they had to hide the sword. And I was listening to this story and I said to dad, why did he behave like that? And dad was like, oh, he just got drunk. And I said, did he have trauma as a child? And he's like, yeah, probably. We don't talk about it though. And I just thought, oh my God, this is exactly what I mean. We don't talk about it. So he's obviously got all this unresolved trauma, which he takes out on his family. You have to break that. You have to break that cycle. It doesn't matter what colour skin you've got, where you've been brought up. It happens everywhere. It happens in rich families. It happens in poor families. You have to break the cycle and you have to talk. And if they're not willing to talk, then you've got to do the work yourself, which is even harder, I think in a way yeah mm-hmm. um sorry sorry it's a long story so then never apologize I... for a long story <laughs> <laughs> so then I was sitting there thinking well this is basically like you're talking about yourself and what happened to me as a child and seeing you fight with mum these horrific uh volatile fights one that involved a knife and I thought that's where it's all come from and I'm going to break that cycle because I'm going to talk about it and not pretend that it hasn't happened he is a wonderful man he is absolute joy to me understanding his past has helped me appreciate him and he's obviously worked through things since then and um yeah you can you it's okay to have a past Mm. it's how you deal with it in the future that's really important Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and breaking cycles absolutely because intergenerational trauma is just such can just be such an influence on people's Mm. behavior and it's behavior that you don't know will actually happen for years and years later down the track and it is a really brave and incredible thing for you to do to break that cycle and have that conversation because it is also yeah it's such a generational thing because with the older generation they'll be like oh we dealt through world wars we dealt through Mm. you know days where we couldn't eat we dealt through when technology wasn't the way it is today and then you feel this I can imagine I've I felt this with um some of my members of my family of the older generations like you feel a sense of guilt a little bit like you feel like you can't complain you can't have any sort of discussion about mental health or something that you've gone through because they then say we dealt through a world war which I, I obviously like obviously there's some people there's many people today that obviously have dealt through war famine and poverty mm. but there's but me personally I haven't and then so obviously I feel like oh I can't really discuss it and then so 
I can imagine that's a very frustrating thing for you because you feel like you can't discuss it yourself. Yeah, it's like like they're trying to shift the focus, Mm. but we're not talking about the war. Mm-hmm. We're talking about what was going on at home. Yeah. Yes, maybe the war was a part of it or famine or the Great Depression or, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a multitude of other things that go on in someone's life. But we're talking about the trauma that was happening at home. Was it happening because of the war? What was it about the war? What, it's breaking that down and understanding that breakdown which helps you heal I think yeah Mm, yeah and oh it's I feel like it's such a cop-out when people say oh but we rode to school for seven hours every day (laughs) yep (laughs) on a bike with one wheel (laughs) just stop it's like they're avoiding the the confrontation Mm. by talking about other things yeah 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 And yeah, it's not nice because like, because when we talk about our issues, we're not just dismissing the issues they had that we're not saying Mm. our issues are worse than they had. We're not saying that Mm. it's not a competition. I feel like that needs to be something that needs to be pushed. It's not a competition of who has the most trauma, who has the most issues. It just needs to be, you just should be able to talk about it and communicate because otherwise it will affect you and it can affect the next generations of your family. And I feel as well, in addition to that, we have when it comes to women's issues and topics about domestic violence and sexual assault when it comes to women is just, it still is a quite a new topic to talk about Mm. so openly, particularly when it Mm. comes to being in abusive relationships. How did you, because because of your influence from intergenerational trauma, from living in a household that doesn't, doesn't openly talk about issues that is affecting someone how did you then try to talk about something about a woman's issue because women's issues are so often dismissed I I had to talk about it as a process of my healing I think um I've always been the sort of person who uses stories and songs and creativity to get their feelings out in prep I used to sit in class and sing somewhere over the rainbow because I was so happy to be at school I used to get in trouble for it (laughs) but but (laughs) and I've always written like I've always written I've always um loved writing and reading and hearing about other people's stories and learning from them and I stopped for so many years and then I realized this is going back to the authenticity Mm -hmm. your authentic voice I realized I've I've got this platform I can write on here and I can tell my story and use that as part of my healing process and if it tanks it tanks Mm at least I've got it out and it's incredibly cathartic to sit there and write and feel sad and feel sorry for yourself but also see how far you've come as well so I I I don't know it was a very organic process very organic 
push to just write and then put it out there and I really edit down I, <laughs> I will write so many words yeah and then Instagram's got like 2,000 characters and so I have to delete <laughs> oh my god that is a real struggle me. yes trying to like break it down <laughs> I hate it. Do I have to take that line away? <laughs> um, Clementine Ford said the other day um, in her stories, mm. she said, I hate people who enjoy writing. And I messaged her. I said, I love writing. She said, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. I love writing, but I hate that process of telling and mm. being incredibly critical of yourself as well and thinking, is this okay to put out there? Is this enough? Does this give wings to the topic? Does it let it fly or is it just going to, I don't know, sink? Yeah. Um, sink not in terms of likes, who cares about that, mm. but sink in terms of getting people to think um, and provoking conversation. Yeah. 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 So, yes, writing has been a long, organic process, mm. but it's been incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Um, and it's my way to get my voice out there. Yeah. And I, can I can't write music, so <laughs> I can't write music. I can only sing somewhere over the rainbow. Maybe if I wrote music, it would be through music, but writing's my avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, music would be too hard. You have to cull that much into like a into a verse. <laughs> I'd be like Taylor Swift, like twenty minute long song. Yes, with the video. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine having those resources to be able to do yes. that. Yes. Oh, that would be cool. So lucky. Yes. She's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but it must have just been felt so rewarding, considering like you said before, you felt like you felt silent. You felt like you couldn't speak about these issues that you've dealt with in regards to living in a household that did have that culture and the violence and then yourself with mm. domestic violence as well it would have just I can't imagine what it must be like since creating this platform of yours being able to hear other people's voices and their stories as well like that shift of feeling like you're voiceless to now being like people yes. actually hearing me they're being educated by me they're feeling validated themselves now yeah. and I think yeah. that is why it's so important we need women like you especially we need women of color to be sharing these stories and be to have your opinions and stories and experiences like <laughs> okay yeah we need to have your stories up there yes <laughs> um I think that I've had people messaging me and saying oh I grew up in a Filipino household. The same thing happened to me. My mum was able to, to escape or my father died. Um, she never did anything because it would have been a shame to the family. It would have been, um, she was worried about the kids. I've had people messaging me and saying, my sister is currently living with us. She has had to escape. She's got no money. The, um, X is fighting for rights to the child and using her mental health as a weapon. I have had some horrific, horrific stories hit my inbox. And I really appreciate every single one because I know how hard it can be for people to um, be open and honest. 
I think it's easier when you've got that Instagram kind of uh, gatekeeper as such. Um, it's like, yeah, there's, it's like a third party sharing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not it's not face to face in a cafe. Um, so I think people are more willing to tell me their stories. And hopefully when they type that out and they hit send, they can take a little bit of that sadness off their shoulders and um, and feel heard because I don't want to just be talking. I want to listen to other people and I want to hear what other people are saying and, and learn from their stories because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story about domestic violence. It's not... It's not this little thing. It's, it happens everywhere. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. something that you're also so open about on your platform, which I do greatly appreciate. And that is <laughs> your experience and your journey. I hate that word journey, but it's your journey, journey. Your journey, journey. <laughs> <laughs> with getting a, with getting an elective mastectomy, with getting a, how, if I could ask, I know it's a very, very mm. long story. I know it's a very complicated mm. story, but if you can take me back to the beginning of when how does like how does this conversation get brought into topic like was it something considering your family's history that you thought this always was in the back of your head or was this something that just was all a sudden thing that happened how did this so topic came about mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 43 she died when she was 48 her sister was diagnosed with breast cancer in her early 40s and she died when she was 50. I have been terrified ever since she was diagnosed. I was in year eight when she was diagnosed Um, and it's, it's like living with a death sentence but not well I guess this is what happens on death row but not knowing when that day is going to happen. Mm. don't even get me started on the death sentence anyway (laughs) that's a whole other topic that's That's a whole other rant oh yes honey oh yes (laughs) that's another podcast that's another podcast episode (laughs) can you imagine i believe in the death sentence and i love trump oh my god (laughs) i'll be like bye bye (laughs) yeah (laughs) So it was just constantly looming and mum had mentioned it to me when she was unwell. She said to me, just get it done when you can. Um, So obviously years have gone by since she died and I thought, I just felt like it was the time. I was about to turn 40. 
I it was kind of like 40 was the milestone that I wanted to just get it done and know it was over with so that I could have that period of time when she was unwell I wouldn't be unwell mm. so I took myself off to the breast surgeon and had the conversation went through tamoxifen uh, which is like a uh, estrogen suppressant and spoke to oncologists and had testing and everything and just said this is what I want done and obviously went through the things that you need to go through medically and they were like yep you've come to the right decision we fully support you and yeah things were put into play luckily I have private health insurance otherwise it can be a weight it can be a huge weight uh, so I was very lucky to just be able to get it done within weeks of deciding um oh wow yeah so I really I really feel for women who are in the public system waiting to get it done because I understand the relief that happens afterwards I have not thought about breast cancer since everything else my OCD loves to think that the tree is going to fall on me any second and, <laughs> and I'll die. But <laughs> breast cancer, trust me, it's a thing. But breast cancer hasn't, it's, it's like, I think it's cleared, um, it's cleared that part of my brain which has now allowed me to focus on domestic violence instead. So we've gone from one gorgeous topic to another. <laughs> one trauma to another. That's literally just women in general. It's just going, we have to focus on one trauma to another. Yep. It is, it is. God love being a woman. But yeah, so I've transferred that energy to something else incredibly heavy and depressing. Yeah, yeah. great, fun, love being yeah, a woman. Life yep. goes really well, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so whenever there's been discussions, which obviously is very, very limited when it comes to this particular surgery, this, the, the topic that always I notice seems to come up is whether people decide to get implants or not. Because it's always a, like I hear again, from very, very limited discussions, people say like they, it makes them feel whether they feel like a woman or not. It makes them feel like, did you, was that something that was very much hard for or against like you just about with the surgery, like how important your breasts were? Like, was that, or was it because? No. 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 Couldn't give a flying fuck. Yes. Um, <laughs> there was the whole nipple thing. Mm. On it, who likes nipples? Honestly, <laughs> they're pretty fucking ugly. <laughs> I know people get them pierced and stuff. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah, but really, at the end of the day, they mean nothing to me. I've never looked down at my chest and thought, "Oh, my nipples are fantastic." <laughs> they're really looking great today. Looking nice and perky. Mm. Just. Oh, <laughs> it's never been a thing and both of my surgeons were males and they're like are you, are you sure are you sure you don't oh god nipples well <laughs> obviously they were doing the right thing like yeah. making sure I was really sure but I was just thinking you are placing so much importance 
on something that I couldn't give a shit about. Yeah. In terms of the breast, at first I was like, fuck it, no implants. I definitely didn't want flap surgery because it's massive recovery. So that's when they take part of your abdomen and craft breasts from that. Oh, dang. It's a huge, yeah. It's a huge surgery, huge recovery. And I couldn't, I just, that was completely off the table for me. Mm-hmm. They can also do it where they take some of your back and turn that into breasts. Wow. Also, they can do thighs too, I think, and turn that into breasts as well. But that was all, I was just like, I'm not turning my body into a cut and paste kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. It is for some women and I really admire women being able to make their own choices based on how they feel about their own bodies. Mm, mm-hmm. No nipples. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my surgeon said, well, how about we put in tissue expanders? So they're like these flat uh, devices that sit, literally called a device, that sit mm-hmm. under the chest and get filled with saline so you can get the look and the feel of a breast and see if, that's what you want Mm -hmm. I was like oh yeah okay I'm not gonna want breasts and then I got the surgery and they just looked so sad yeah like this flat nippleless (laughs) area and then he started feeling the tissue expanders and it made me more confident I guess but I think that's simplifying things a little bit it just Mm. I don't know it made me feel like really hard to articulate it made me feel like I was winning Mm. like I hadn't lost everything even though I didn't care about the breasts yeah like I yeah it made me feel better Mm-hmm. so I hated the tissue expanders they've got hard edges and they dig in oh, they're the most no. uncomfortable horrible things um and then I got them replaced with implants mm-hmm. and now it's really good they're smooth they're like a Barbie doll with stuff <laughs> so so yeah I got the um the implants and it just Instead of having the tissue expanders in as well because they were so uncomfortable, these are mm. so much more comfortable. I'm still getting nerve pain, which is like a weird shooting kind of feeling. But apart from that, I'm really happy. And I have no nipples. And it's fantastic. <laughs> and I don't have to wear a bra. <gasps> yes, you don't have to wear a bra. Yes. Oh <laughs> it's honestly oh. the best thing out of all of it. Is not having to wear a bra. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> oh. I can, you can just feel women around the world going, ah, oh, no bra. <laughs> oh, you're gonna sell all your old bras then, and yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, peace out. <laughs> oh, what has it been like then? Because so much of what you said, like I didn't know about, like especially about the tissue expanders, like you just, like I said, like this topic about getting this preventative um, mastectomies they just it's just not spoken about a lot and what has then been the reaction 
I can assume very similar to when you're talking about domestic violence, like, you know, I can imagine a lot of people were sharing their stories. What has been some stories mm. and perspectives that you've heard since sharing your experience getting this? Um, I've definitely had women approach me and say, I've had the surgery. Do you have any questions, particularly before I'd had the surgery and just after it? And that was so helpful because a surgeon can tell you the surgical perspective, but you want to know the feeling. You want to know the really personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be able to say, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Is this, do you feel uncomfortable like that? Um, so it was really good to connect with people and hear their stories and hear that they hated the tissue expanders as much as I did and hear them say, when I got the implants, it'll be a whole new world. Um, so it was really good. It was really important to hear those stories and hear that things were going to be okay in the long run. I've also had people message me since who have had breast cancer or been diagnosed with breast cancer, young women check your breasts please I am talking women in their 30s uh women that have had actual mastectomies because of their breast cancer if you have to check your breasts it you don't just start when you're 40 you need to check from development basically uh not embryo breast (laughs) development yeah <laughs> Two minutes after you're born. <laughs> All right, it's breast check time. <laughs> uh. So, so yeah, I've had really young girls message me and say, "Oh, I've, I found a lump. What do you think? Go to your GP. Mm. Just it doesn't hurt to go to your GP. And then if your GP is being dismissive, which we all know happens." Oh, mm-hmm. it's just your period. Oh, it's just because you've breastfed. Oh, that'll go away. Don't take it. If you feel deep in your soul, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you feel in your waters that there is something wrong, get a second opinion and get a third opinion and a fourth opinion and demand a scan. Just say, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for the scan. Just mm. write the slip of paper. It makes no difference to their world whether or not you get a scan at the end of the day. Yeah. They just need to sign the piece of paper. And if you're willing to pay for it, it makes no difference. Mm. So advocate for yourself, please. Like when that, that comes down to your breasts, your periods, your mental health, you have to advocate for yourself and you have to not just take oh, you're fine um, as the answer if you know things aren't fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're worried that things aren't fine. Mm. It is just so important. Yeah, like it's it's that gut instinct you have, like whether you just know it, like something's not right because out of everyone in the world, you know your body more than anyone else. You Mm. know if something's changed, even the smallest of things. And yes, listeners out there, get your breasts checked, fill your breasts, get your partner to fill your boobies. Like, yeah. Look at your nipples. Look at your nipples. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We'll be back in just a moment, but first I want to talk to you all about today's sponsor, Happy Mash. 
With masturbation in general being such a taboo topic, so often women feel embarrassed or overwhelmed talking about the subject, especially if they're newbies to the masturbation world. Everyone starts masturbating at different ages. Some people like it and some people not so much and that's okay. And if you've never masturbated, that's okay too. The key thing is we have these discussions, we listen to others and we don't shame others for their level of experience. Like us, Happy Mash is strongly passionate about having these conversations, in particular normalizing them, especially when it comes to masturbating. If you are someone that has been interested in trying masturbating, I would strongly recommend checking out Happy Mash and their range of sex toys that are great for beginners. In my own personal experience, I would strongly recommend the Power, the Play and the Command toys. They are excellent if you're trying to play with your clitoral area or your vaginal area and you just don't want to be too overwhelmed by, you know, a large sex toy or something like that. So I would strongly, strongly recommend these three. Again, they are called Power, Play and Command. But just remember though, if you are new to masturbating and you want to, you know, have a bit of fun, have a bit of play, just remember the end goal isn't to orgasm. Masturbating is about getting to know your body and seeing what gives you pleasure. If you choose to masturbate, don't put too much pressure on yourself to orgasm. The experience is meant to be fun, so remember, have fun with it. Happy Mash have yet again been so kind to offer us a discount to all Nasty Woman Club listeners and followers. If you are interested in their range of sex toys, particularly if you are someone that wants to buy their first sex toy and get onto the masturbation wagon, I would recommend checking out their site and don't forget to use the Nasty Woman Club discount code for 20% off their entire range. Use the code NASTYWOMAN20 at checkout. Thanks again to Happy Mash for sponsoring today's episode. Now, back to my interview for the podcast. For our last segment for today, every single week on the show, I get my guest and I to talk about our highlights and lowlights of the week, our best and worst, whether it is something big, something small, something significant, insignificant. It's a great way to sum up the show. So my dear, we're going to start with a negative so we can finish on a high note. What (laughs) has been your lowlight of the week? I went to print some forms this morning. It's so ridiculous, considering (laughs) what we've just spoken about. Yes. So I'm there with the MacBook and the printer, and it keeps telling me that the paper in the printer is not the right paper, so it won't print. It's the paper that I've said it is. Yeah, And I tried probably about 20 times and I gave up and I was so pissed off. And then I was thinking, it's just a printer, just a printer. <laughs> but I was so frustrated by it. Why can't they just work? Why do you have to approve things and have yellow ink even though you're printing black and white? Oh, <laughs> so much internal frustration from my damn printer. Like out of all the technology, all these people make in the world, why can't they make printers more simple? I was working with a client a couple of weeks ago and they wanted me to just replace their ink tray, like put some new ink in. It's not, oh. as, it's not as easy as just putting a new ink. You got to 
somehow make the slot come out so that you have to have the printer turn on and make it so the slot comes out because it doesn't just come out automatically. No, of course no, not. It has no, to, no, no, no. has to no. come out a certain way and then you pop it in and then the computer somehow still doesn't know there's new ink in there. So you have to like restart it on the computer and find some code <laughs> that you lost when you first got yeah. the printer. And it's like, out of all the technologies we have in the world, like I can open up my phone screen with just my face, even with like a face full of makeup. Yeah. Yet you can't make yeah. a printer just replace new ink. No, it's... no. Oh. And then and then if you're running out of the colored ink, mm. even though you're printing black and white, sorry, we you can't print that today. Exactly. So. It's just oh <laughs> I've so that's been my low oh. light. I've given up having printers, honestly, because I've just like, I've been, oh, they're just too frustrated. I just go to Officeworks, just hallelujah to Officeworks yeah, for yeah. the printing that they do, because at least they Five handle, printing. yeah, at least they handle the yeah. techie side. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't deal with that. It's with a, Adobe, I, I had to sign something and because you have to pay $500 to have an Adobe subscription. Is that what mm. it's called? Adobe, Adobe, whatever. Adobe, yeah. Oh my god, that's the other thing that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I just sign the form without paying five million dollars? Like, <laughs> oh. Because I can't print it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so good to get that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Printing is a luxury and it is the most difficult things in the world. Like, I'm so glad nowadays, like, I remember back in the day with assignments and stuff like that, you had to print everything out. Thank God. We don't oh, have my to God. Do that anymore. Oh, my oh. God. Those are oh. the worst. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, my worst for the week, it. Tell me. Tell oh, me. <laughs> my worst for the week. Honestly, it's no surprise. It's just Scott Morrison and his idiotcy. Like, honestly, who is the, the PR? You didn't like the ukulele? Oh my god. I would rather I would rather have drinks with Donald Trump and listen to him talk about hair no. than no. ever listen to that ukulele ever again. That is just who is this PR team? Who? I, I want to interview them. I want to be like, get your shit together. What? Ha, ha, how? I, ha, who? Mm. So I'm angry at Scott Morrison. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the PR team is giving us meme gold, though. They're mm. saying, run with this. Take <laughs> what you will with this. And some of those memes with the ukulele have been hilarious oh my god yes oh <laughs> sorry, my, fa sorry. my favorite meme that has come out of this week i think deserves a reward is it's a photo of scott morrison and jenny morrison you know exactly which one i'm talking about it's a photo of scott <laughs> morrison jenny morrison at the interview for that stupid 60 minutes interview and the, <laughs> the caption was just like oh i wonder if they're gonna leave or stay in maths to this this week and i'm just like <laughs> yes it's literally like that <laughs> Oh my god, just this past week with Scott Morrison with Oh my god. Like this past week with the interview and then his him saying that First Nations people should forgive the colonizers for stealing their land because you know you have to be a bigger person and forgive. It's the hardest thing to say is I forgive you. <laughs> 
and I I thought it was satire. Mm, me I too. Didn't, I didn't think it was real. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it's it, it's Australian politics. It has to be real, surely. It has has to be you. I'm just. Oh my god! Like, I'm. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just so tired of his face and his voice, and I just want him gone. So I know I'm supposed to be a journalistic platform, and you know, not have political sides and all that kind of rubbish. No, people listening, don't get him no. out. Get him out. Election's <laughs> coming up. Let's get let's use our votes. Get this man out. He's just oh my god. It's just so depressing. And then you see people like Jacinda Ardern, and we're just like, why can't we have that? I know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I have the biggest yeah. woman's crash woman crush on her. I love her so much. She's incredible. She mm-hmm. is a pioneer. She's just amazing. Trailblazer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was our lowlights of the week. Princes and Scott Morrison. Though. Yeah. <laughs> a good lighthearted way. Although I have to say, which would you which would you rather deal with the printer or deal with Scott Morrison? Those are very, that's a that's that's true. Uh, deal with the printer, honestly. <laughs> that Scotty is a incredibly low light. So mm. yeah, deal with the printer. Yeah. 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 You can kick the printer. <laughs> yes, you can, you be can... physically <laughs> Yes, at least you can turn it off so it no longer makes any, no longer talks. I walked away. I walked away. Our relationship is over. Yeah. (laughs) You can't walk away from Scott at the moment. He's everywhere. Uh -uh. Oh, yes. No, you cannot. (laughs) So, my dear, what has been your highlight of this week then? I am going back to uni (gasps) and I am going to be doing criminology yes. and criminal justice. <gasps> yes. I was doing law mm-hmm. um, and then the pandemic hit and I had to be at home and it was very hectic here and then I went back to nursing um, and it was on the ward and shift work and everything so it was really not conducive to study. Mm. Um, but it's always been at the back of my mind, back of my mind. And now that things are settling down, I, and I'm in a job with regular hours, set hours, it's perfect. It's my time to go back. I'm dropping the law a bit because I don't want to defend bad people. And I'm really into criminal, the criminal side of things as opposed to uh, like, I don't know, what's the word? Corporate law. Mm -hmm. as opposed to that side of things so yeah so I'm going back I'm going to study and use that degree to help women more particularly women of color I need the tools I need the qualifications um to do more so that's what I'm doing I'm so keen and I'm so excited so yeah oh that's so amazing that's like the ultimate ultimate highlight (laughs) ultimate best of the week that is so amazing i haven't told anyone sorry oh this will be a big announcement then yes (laughs) oh that's so incredible oh that'll be awesome yes here for that yes thank you just here to interject for a quick second now as you know normally 
with the podcast at the very end of the show we share our highlights and lowlights of the week now i had to cut out my highlight of the week because this was filmed a couple of weeks ago and my highlight at the time was me saying that my beautiful girl dolce was getting better because she has been very very sick the past couple of weeks however unfortunately she has passed away so I just wanted to cut that part of the podcast out because oh it was it was it was too triggering for me so I just wanted to let you all know why that part was cut out but anyway back to the rest of the podcast episode and interview with Merwin. Well, thank you so much, lovely, though, for coming onto the podcast. I had such a fun time talking with you. You're so, so lovely. And yes, I just, I just have to say, I just appreciate what you're doing with your platform so, so much. And I'm so, so glad that I discovered you. So thank you so much for tagging me in that post. And I can discover <laughs> you and just see what you've been doing. And I just love it, love it, love it. And I'll make sure to add your handle on today's show notes so then everyone Ooh. else can follow you and they can relate to your experiences, get a bit educated as well. I just think what you're doing is incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your platform and being available to women, listening to their stories and putting them out there. What you are doing is amazing. Women are doing amazing things. Instagram has allowed us to open MLMs and be anti-vax. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had to sit for a second. I'm just, I'm just like, did she just say MLMs? <laughs> Honey, I have a, you have thoughts about, what was it you got about the death sentence? I have thoughts about MLMs. That is, mm. we, we should save that for another time. I think MLMs we should save that. And- and M- uh, M- MLM. life coaches. Oh, bitch. Life coaches. Buy my life coach package for $99 a month. All right. Yeah, we're, it's official. We're now going to do an episode about <laughs> how about oh, the yeah. death, about death sentences, life coaches, and MLMs. That's a, that's official. The death but, sentence of MLMs. God. That should be, that should be <laughs> the title. The death <laughs> sentence of MLMs. <laughs> oh, anytime. It has been yes. wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely Thank meeting you, you too. <laughs> Lovely meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. And thank you so much, Merwin, for being on today's show. You were such a joy to interview with, even when it came to talking about such heavy topics. So I just adore you and I want to be your friend. You're just so, so lovely and you definitely need to come on the show again. If you are interested in hearing more of Merwin's stories, I highly recommend checking out her Instagram page. Her handle is in today's show notes. And if you do enjoy the show, make sure you leave a rating or a five-star review because I want more conversations like these to be heard by more people. I know that might seem a bit on myself, but you know what? I do. I do want more people to hear these conversations because I think we're doing some important stuff here. I really do. So yes, if you are listening right now, you're still tuning in, be sure to leave a five-star review. That would be amazing. Anyway, that is it for today for this week's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone.
We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 